This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. If you would have asked me an hour ago, today would be all about previewing the next game in the NBA Finals. Today could be all about celebrating Las Vegas and the Golden Knights being two, uh, up 2-0 in the Stanley Cup Final. But no, instead, breaking news has us opening today's show. I cannot believe I'm saying this with golf. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance and the big breaking news after uh, a ton of argument between and lawsuits between Live Golf and PGA and the PGA Tour. Today, we get the breaking news that is shocking everybody after over a year in court that now there's going to be a merger the DP World Tour, Live Golf, PGA Tour, all coming together to tours called the Stunning Development, quote, a landmark agreement to unify the game of golf on a global basis. Harry, this is complicated. And let me just say it this way. Uh, a lot of people may not be paying attention. So I'm I'm going to break this down in the best terms I can as a Raiders fan, right? I'm going to tie this into football for a second. Imagine, if you will, we lived in a world where the Las Vegas Raiders were out here and they're going about business. And all of a sudden, some of the players decide they don't like the way business is going down. So they instead move to the Reno Roughnecks, right? And they're playing for the Reno Roughnecks now. And they're trash talking the whole way. They're making un, just unreal money. But nobody's watching the Reno Roughnecks. Nobody's paying attention. And in this process... Reno's trying to reinvent their image, and everybody's paying attention to that portion of it, but nobody's watching the football. And now you have these Reno Roughnecks players trashing the Las Vegas Raiders, and you've got some Las Vegas Raiders coming out saying, we don't want anything to do with the Reno Roughnecks. Now today, all of a sudden, they remerge. And what's really interesting about this is some of the biggest names in golf with the PGA Tour who have been loudly defending the PGA Tour weren't even consulted in the process. You have guys that have stood up in through this whole thing and said, we will stand by the PGA that didn't even know it was coming. And that, to me, is the most stunning part, Harry. If you're going to have this merger come back, I cannot believe that the PGA Tour wouldn't be talking to their biggest names and saying, hey, we want to make sure you guys understand what's happening, why it's going down, and what the thought process is. Instead, it feels like everybody right now feels like they got stabbed in the back. Yeah, and I put that on the commissioner, Jay uh, Mohannon, right? That That's his, his job to reach out to those players in particular, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, Roy McIlroy. He's the guy that, you know, put his neck on the line for the PGA Tour and basically stood up for everybody who wanted to follow him and say, you know what, guys, I'm going to rock with the PGA Tour. We don't need, uh, need live golf. Well, guess what? All those PGA Tour players who turned down the multi-millions of dollars uh, from live golf right now at this moment, they should be upset. They should be pissed off and also feel disrespected, Fitz. I mean, isn't the message at some point take the money? Like, uh, realistically, anybody that sat, sat back and on some moral principle didn't want to be a part of a, a term that's been used a lot, which is sports washing. And sports washing is a basic, uh, and, and I'll credit Sarah Spain that I worked with for a long time. She really educated me on a lot of this. Sports washing is people see you some kind of way. 
and you want to change the way people see you, so you overly invest in sports as a way to change the PR for your particular part of the world. A very real and drastic example of this would be the Olympics when they were in Germany during World War II with the Nazis, right? Like, they wanted to change the way that they were seen. They hosted the Olympics. Uh, Many people obviously looked at what Saudi Arabia was doing with Live Golf, saying, okay, Saudi Arabia has seen a certain kind of way throughout the world for some political reasons. Uh, All of a sudden, we're going to sports wash out. We're going to overpay golfers, right? So, you know, but there were people on some moral ground that said, I don't want to be a part of that, didn't take the money, and now all of a sudden they've been remerged and they missed out on that cash. Like, that feels like that is the wrong message for the PGA to be sending without at least talking to people about it. Harry, you would be livid if that happened. Yeah, I would be be highly upset, but you want to know who, who it's a win for? Live golfers. It's like they were one step ahead of everyone else, right? Because they decided to take that money from Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, to uh, Brooks Kepka, to Sergio Garcia. All these guys decided that they were going to go on the live golf side. And now you see the merger between them and the PGA Tour. And Fitz, I got to say this. Are we surprised, though? Are we truly surprised? Because in our world today, in 2023, what rules, Fitz? What rules? You tell me. Cream. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Cash rules everything in our world, in, in our society today. And it's a part of our, our world. It's a part of life that I think is actually sad. But that's where we are in 2023, where cash rules everything. Money talks, BS walks. Even if you you don't want to do something or make a decision or merge or go in a direction that you that you feel differently about, at the end of the day, the money talks, the BS walks. The quotes that are already out there uh, on ESPN.com regarding this merger uh, from players is this is effing crazy, right? Like that's an actual quote, right? This is effing crazy. When you're talking about players not seeing this coming and you talk about how we got to where we are, it's insanity, Uh, one PGA Tour player said. This is the quote. The Live Tour was dead in the water. It wasn't working. Now you're throwing them a life jacket? Is the moral of the story to just always take the money? Now, if they're having that conversation with us on .com, the conversations they're going to have with each other are going to be wild, right? Because right now we don't know how Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, uh, they went to live for nine-figure bonuses. Uh, we don't know how they'll rejoin the PGA Tour. Uh, Monahan, the uh, commissioner of uh, the PGA Tour, uh, said that uh, the, it's a, quote, complicated endeavor and one that will be guided by established PGA Tour rules and regulations. We still don't know the details of how they're all going to pull this together. We don't know the details of who's going to be in charge of what. We don't know the details of what involvement Saudi Arabia will have in the new PGA. We don't know what it's even going to be called. But what we know is that even three hours ago, the, the premise was that PGA and Live Golf were going to be mortal enemies till the very end, till the bitter end, through legal processes left and right. And instead, now all we know is that somehow, some way, magically overnight, without anybody knowing it was happening, they're coming back together. Okay, let me, let me ask this, though. Do you think it was a situation for the commissioner that he probably thought to himself, you know what, if I consult all of these players – I know what the backlash is going to be. I know what they're going to say. Let me go ahead and make this decision because it's going to be backlash regardless. 
Do, do you do you yes. think that played a factor into his decision? But that's the PGA being who the PGA's been, right? Like part of the reason Live Golf exists from the golfer's standpoint, Phil Mickelson was very clear that the reason he didn't want anything to do with PGA and wanted to go to Live was specifically because he didn't like their rules. He didn't like the way they treated the golfers. He didn't like the way the golfers were respected. He didn't like some of their processes and the way they give out points depending on your availability. He didn't think that they were ever working with their athletes to grow their sport. So now, in the process of merging, the PGA is doing exactly the thing that people left for. They're not involving the act. Like, I get it. I get it. But this cho- shows you, like, old dog, new tricks, whatever. Like, birds don't change their feathers, whatever cheesy cliche we want to use. This just shows you that the PGA, and this is no different than any sport. Like, do we really think Roger Goodell is going to sit there and talk to players about anything? No. Roger Goodell is going to do what he thinks is best for his sport with the owner's uh, blessing. At the end of the day, every one of the golfers for the PGA is an expendable part of how they do business. Golfers will change. The PGA is going to worry about the PGA. And that's what I think Monahan is doing here. He's just he's pro, he's proving to you that even through the process of bringing it back together, he's still going to value what the PGA needs above what any yeah, but the, particular but the sad, athlete The sad needs. part is, it, it, is that, guess what? I, I've never watched one live golf tour ever. Me one, one outing that they had. Never watched it. Never watched it. And that speaks to the fact that in some ways, like the quote was, it's dying. I don't think that's wrong. Like, I think Live Golf was only a relevant part, only a relevant part of conversation, frankly, because of the lawsuits with the PGA and because it created drama with PGA golfers and how it was going to work together. Nobody was talking about Live for Live. Tell me if I'm wrong. Devin, our producer, is a big golf fan. Tell me if I'm wrong, Devin. No, I, I, one of the only ways to watch Live was on YouTube, right? So, like, that, that was a yeah, barrier. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. That was I, a barrier I'm not to going to YouTube for a lot of people. watch that. What I think made it – I think this is probably in the works for a while. You don't just come to this in, in you know, in a couple weeks. But Brooks Kepka. Who's on a who's on a live? He's one of the best golfers in the world, one of the most well-known golfers in the world. He won the PGA Championship, the major, one of the four majors in golf. That couldn't have sit sat well with the PGA Tour. You have one of the live guys, and there's a lot of great players on the live on the live tour. So I wonder if like, hey, we want we want these guys back under our roof, right? I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Well, because realistically, let's say that this merger ends up being called the PGA Tour still. Who's even going to remember that Live Golf existed in five years, right? Like, all, all of the controversy, who's going to be talking about Live Golf? That is why, you know, while it does give, in theory, Saudi Arabia is going to have some seat at the board of all of this, and I understand that, you know, it legitimizes their conversation right now in the world. At some point, are we even going to remember that Live existed? I, I don't know that that's going to be the case, Harry, because to your point, ain't nobody sitting down watching. Like, I'm more if likely I, to watch I have Baby to go to, Shark than I, I am have to watch to, If I have to go to YouTube to watch golf, there's a 1 million percent chance, Fitz, that I'm not watching it. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would I would place my, a, a, a hefty wager right now that our buddy Pat McAfee has better numbers on YouTube every single day than Live Golf could even beg for, right? Like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody watching YouTube Live Golf. It was about to just go away. Now the lawsuits go away. Now the controversy goes away, and the next conversation becomes what's it mean when it all comes together, 
We're going to get more information on this over the course of the show. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Over the course of the next several hours, we will get more information on this merger, what it means. Again, the breaking news, PGA Tour, Live Golf, DP World Tour, they're no longer battling each other. They are now one. They have come together. As we get more information on it, we'll get you that information because there are wild conversations to be had about what it means for the future of these golfers that will now be sharing one locker room consistently throughout the course of the year and how they'll feel about each other. As we get that more, more of that information, we'll share it. But in the meantime, Game 3 of the NBA Finals is tomorrow night. Could the return of one player change the entire series? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. A few days ago, it looked like the Nuggets might run away with the NBA title. Now we find ourselves asking... Could the return of one important player change the outcome in favor of Miami? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, got to tell you, uh, we'll get to the NBA in a second. Got to tell you two things. Number one, very important, last night, 7-2. to two, That was the final score of the Vegas Golden Knights, who are now <laughs> up 2 nothing over Florida. Getting uh, So, you know, it's a big Bon Jovi day because we're halfway there living on a prayer. Uh, we're, we're halfway there to a Stanley Cup final a championship in Vegas. I'm, I'm starting to get a little little excited. But also, uh, Tim DM'd me yesterday after uh, my story of standing up and stealing valor. I didn't know I was stealing. It stood up. You know, they asked people to stand in the room. I thought to acknowledge the heroes. It turns out they wanted the heroes to stand to be acknowledged. Tim DM'd me yesterday. Said, did the same thing. Stood up. I was in the uh, I was in the arena. I also stood. I just want you know what? Finding out that <laughs> there were more of my brothers and sisters that thought that they were asking to acknowledge the heroes out there clapping like seals when, uh, in fact, we were supposed to be clapping for seals. I I don't know. Well, that, that's a great way to look at it. Or I can also look at it from the lens of you guys need to listen better. Uh, that's probably fair. Uh, that is, that's, you know. That, that, you you I, I and Tim are on the same page, standing up where you should not be standing up. I don't up. even have an argument for that. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Speaking of heroes, Tyler Hero is on the verge of coming back for the heat. All eyes on Hero. I can be your hero, baby. The question is, can Tyler Hero be the hero for the heat? Because there is this moment where things have been working so well. I know it's easy, Harry, to step back and be like, I don't know, I don't want to mess up a good thing. But that good thing getting messed up for Tyler Hero is an even better thing, right? Well, I would say this. When you look at a guy like Tyler Hero, who, you know, in the regular season averaged 20 points per game, if he's available to play, I think if you're Coach Eric Spolstra, also if you're Tyler Hero, you can't be thinking about, you know, messing up the groove that the guys uh, have been in since you've been out. I don't think you could think about that because how many people can have the luxury of saying, you know what, we had to have a 20-point-per-game score that's going to be coming back and have that luxury that we can put into the ball game and give us some instant offense. You, you don't have many, people, many, many teams that can just say that. I, I agree with that. Do we worry about the fact that let's just say that Tyler Hero is defensively – it's defense optional for Hero. Like, let's just say it that way. Like, uh, you know, he's going to give you that 20 and he might give up. Like, but let's not talk about plus minus on that. Like, he's not going to be a defensive effort guy. Let's just say that. I'm, boy, it feels like I'm really, you know, all over him, but I'm not. Would he be more of a liability than Duncan Robinson? Mm, no. 
No, I mean, I think, yeah, we there can all. There you go. Okay, that's fair. But, and, you know, <laughs> you, you talk about, we talk about heat culture all the time. I know, take a shot. But there is some moment of heat culture that I think actually really insulates them from some of these conversations. Because, like, realistically, you got a bunch of veterans on this roster. you got a few veterans, I should say, that understand what he would mean when he comes back in. You've got a bunch of undrafted guys that understand exactly how this team's been built and how they run. Like, the Heat have been so ego-free in the way they do business, it feels like this is the exact type of locker room that looks around and says, man, we'll take extra help. Let's go. And and the thing about the Heat culture, because Fitz, I do know this, like the back of my hand, because my brother Tony Douglas played there, right? He was there, coached by Eric Spolstra, and on that team that LeBron James and D-Wade and Chris Bosh was on. It's all about attitude, effort, team first, not worried about what the outside noise is, understanding who you are individually, but also understanding who you are collectively as a team. So I think Tyler Hero being added back into the equation, he understands his role when he left, but coming back, I believe he would understand his role being back inserted into a lineup. Not saying a starting lineup, but if you have to come off the bench, but you're going to bring that instant offense. You're also you're also going to space the floor that much more because you have another bona fide score out there on the court that the defense has to account for. A defense that we've seen in game two didn't look so good for the Denver Nuggets. A defense that we've seen in game one gave open looks to the Miami Heat that they happened to knock down in game two. I, I love your point, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. I, I love your point when it comes to bona fide score because – I think we can agree so far in this series. You know, Bam Adebayo has been much better than we expected Bam Adebayo would be uh, coming into this series. He's been very good. And obviously, Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. In the Eastern Conference Finals, when they needed a bucket created, it was Caleb Martin that was able to come in and do that, right? Caleb was yep. doing that. He's not doing that in the finals at all. Tyler Hero can not only shoot – but can also create space when he needs to to make the looks that he needs, right? So giving yourself mid-range game, right. going into the lane, shooting a floater, getting to the free throw line, a guy that you can count on to make his free throws, just adds a different element to this Miami basketball team from an offensive standpoint. And and it's an element that can create. So I think they've been at times lacking that even through two games, even with the one-one split. There have been times where, man, if you need a bucket manufactured, that's the best way I can say that. In the NBA, sometimes you need a guy that can just manufacture a bucket. Tyler Hero can do that. So, to your point, if it, if all he does is come in and make some limited minutes with some good plays, if that helps him extend this series continually, the more games this series goes, the more rust he'll knock off, the more rust he knocks off, the better he is. And all of a sudden, Hero makes a massive difference in the way this series plays. Well, also, this is a guy in Tyler Hero who, I believe Tyler Hero, yeah, he was on that Miami team when they lost to the um, – Lakers in a championship game yeah. in a bubble. Yeah. So I know if there's any anyone itching to get back out there on the basketball court right now, it would be him. But he wants to go out there healthy. He don't want to go out there with soreness in that hand when he shoots the basketball. You want to go out there if you're fully healthy. And I won't say fully healthy, but enough to where you can manage pain or you don't have that much pain and be a factor for your basketball team. But when you lose an NBA Finals and – you see that your team is back in it at the moment. You want to get out there because you want to be a part of something special. And I understand you was a part of something in the regular season, but you only played one game in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you want to be a part of something special, this special group that the Miami Heat actually have. Yeah, you want you want to be able to look at that ring with pride for what you did and help earn it in that moment. There's no doubt should they be able to get there. All right, LeBron and Kyrie won a championship, speaking of rings, together as teammates. 
Are they motivated to try and do that again? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. A lot of conversation right now about LeBron, Kyrie, who's playing with who, who's playing where. It raises real questions because this is going to be one of the soap operas of the offseason. I realize we still have a few days left to go in the NBA Finals, but all eyes are always on the Lakers and what's next. And there's a presumption that Kyrie to the Lakers is what makes the most sense, but there's also the presumption that maybe, maybe they don't need each other. We're still trying to figure it out. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is there drilling going on, Harry? Like, you're you're at the studio in Florida. Like, what, 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 is somebody trying to get into Fort Knox there? Like, what what are we, what what are we doing out there? Like, we, we got some going on. Yeah, um, major shout out to to Kathy who works the front desk here at the ESPN studios um, in Panama City. She came in and slipped me a note and said, "I just wanted to warn you, they're working on a hole in the parking lot, so it may be noisy." Oh yeah, it's noisy, and it's literally right by the window in the office that I'm in, that, that I'm actually in. So, yeah, they're working on a hole out there in the parking lot. I love absolutely everything about that. Uh, I would give you a dollar American cash to walk outside and say, do you know who I am? Just that phrase, do you know who I am? <laughs> and then walk back inside. Don't ever address who you are in case they don't know, and that way it gets awkward for everybody. See, uh, this is this is the sort of teamwork that Harry and I offer each other. We, we, we thrive as a duo. It, li- uh, it literally sounds like a chainsaw. Like someone is like using a chainsaw to cut cut down a tree, but I would guess they're working on a hole. You got to cut the concrete, so it probably is a, a chainsaw is it that actually right cuts now? concrete. Because I can't hear if it's happening. No, right so now. so right now it's actually on. You can tell it's on, but they're not using it at the uh, moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear a little. I hear a little buzz there. You know, little, like <clears throat> I'm I'm a I'm not an expert on plugging holes, but you know, we'll just see. Uh, we'll see how it goes over the course. That's exactly the sound right now. Oh, look at that. We got a little sound. We got a little chainsaw sound uh, going. Do we fully fit? I mean, all right, we've gone wildly off the rails. Uh, all right, we need each other. Now, I'm still going to try this segue. Harry and I need each other. It makes for greatness, right? Not a, not every duo is convinced that they need each other all the time. And right now, this summer, we're going to spend most of the summer trying to find a way to put LeBron and Kyrie together. On what team? God only knows. On how? God only knows. The question is. Do they need each other? Who needs each other more in this process? Because, Harry, what's interesting to me is that LeBron is at a spot in his life where it feels to me like there's a little bit of desperation for Kyrie to come to him because he needs that extra player. He needs that point guard. And if he wants a championship, Kyrie is the best piece he could add that would bring him that championship. Yeah, I I would say if I'm looking at both of the guys, and first got to look at the body of work and what they've been able to do without one another and let's start with each other they were able to win a championship in Cleveland and go to multiple championships even though Kyrie may not have been available for all of those um Kyrie Irving decided he wanted to go to Boston right uh Boston made a Eastern Conference Finals but Kyrie Irving wasn't playing during that time right he was injured uh so he hasn't been able to get back to an NBA championship when he left the Cleveland Cavaliers and decided to go to Boston then he goes to the Brooklyn Nets, forms a super team, you know, with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and company. He has not been able to get back to an NBA championship with Kevin Durant or James Harden. 
Now he goes to Dallas. They have an opportunity to potentially, you know, get into the play-in situation. Their owner, Mark Cuban, decides that they want to tank without really saying tanking, but kind of really did say they were tanking. And they didn't make a, a playoff appearance. Didn't get to an NBA championship again without LeBron James. So let's go to LeBron James' side of this thing, Fitz. LeBron James went to Miami, was able to win an NBA championship, mm. went back to Cleveland, won an NBA championship, went to the Los Angeles Lakers, won another NBA championship. So in hindsight, when I'm looking at Kyrie Irving, I feel like he does need LeBron James on the court and off the court. When I look at LeBron James, I feel that he needs a Kyrie Irving as well at this moment right now. Now, if you would have asked me this about two or three years ago, three years ago, I would have said no. But LeBron James is seeking another championship. And watching them against the Denver Nuggets, what was one of the things that hindered this uh, Lakers basketball team? The point guard position, another bona fide score, a guy to take pressure off LeBron, a guy to take the ball in LeBron's hand, James' hands when he's exhausted and he's tired from exerting so much energy, a guy that can uh, score 40 points the same night that LeBron James can score 40 points. That's a Kyrie Irving. So I just think in a perfect world, I think both of these guys need one another. If we're just talking about outside of basketball, though, Fitz, we're talking outside of basketball, I think Kyrie needs LeBron. It just depends on who wants what. Like, because if, if, if the conversation is about a title, well, then LeBron needs Kyrie. And to me, it's very simple. Kyrie would be the best fit. There, there will be other fits. I'm sure they can find somebody. But the best fit that would make him most capable of winning a title next year would be Kyrie. I, I will buy all of that if we're talking about just that. The problem is Kyrie would have to take a huge pay cut to do that. What's more important to Kyrie? His legacy moving forward, just his lesson. I don't even want to say legacy. Just this next chapter about a championship, well, then sure, take a pay cut, win a championship, go to L.A. Makes sense. If it's just about asserting who he wants to be and playing where he wants to play, then I can see where Kyrie needs LeBron. And you're right, off the court, I think if, if you include everything else in life, certainly LeBron, if you include everything else in life, LeBron's going to be just fine. And LeBron don't need a damn thing from a damn person. Like, if we're taking off the court into it, Kyrie could use a LeBron in there not only to help just with, I think, the overall image and conversation around Kyrie, but also to help bring out the best of him. Like, there are a lot of different ways in my mind that bringing out the best in somebody can help add value, can help you be the best that you want to be. All of those things are true for Kyrie. The interesting thing is, like, if Kyrie wants to win a championship, take a pay cut, go to L.A., and that benefits LeBron. If Kyrie just wants to be really good and make the most money – then I'm not sure that Kyrie needs LeBron at all to do that. He can go make money anywhere in the modern NBA. And I think it's fascinating that you said that, you know, LeBron James is going to bring out the best in Kyrie. And I understand what you mean by that because you're not just talking about as an individual. You're talking about as a team goal as well because the last time we've seen these two guys together, they won an NBA championship, right? So that's the best of Kyrie. We've seen Kyrie as an individual be phenomenal and basically have a basketball on a, on a string. But when it comes to the team aspect of things, that's when I think we've seen the true best of a Kyrie Irving because he has an NBA championship to show for it as well. It's without knowing what somebody wants, what motivates somebody, right? If the motivation is simply getting the Larry O'Brien trophy, there's, that's one answer. If the motivation is being the best player he could possibly be with the most 
platform, that might be a different answer. And if the motivation is simply making money, that's a total different answer. Until we know what motivates Kyrie, I don't know that we can answer the question. And the hardest part about that, Harry, is that not a damn person in the world knows what actually motivates Kyrie other than Kyrie. That's part I, of I, I, I don't think Kevin Durant knew. I, I don't think James Harden knew. I don't, hell, I don't think Luka knows now. Yeah, I, You're right. And it's what makes this question virtually impossible to answer. There's one clear-cut answer for money, for championships, for playing the best you can play. They're just all very different, and we need to hear from Kyrie to know which one's the best. All right. Is stopping Jamal Murray actually more important than stopping Nikola Jokic? I know it sounds crazy, but there's a reason why we're asking the question. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. It's good take, hot take. Where our peers have to present their takes to us, and we are the judge and the jury. We get to decide if that take is good. Oh, they're brilliant. Or if it's hot, 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 they have lost their damn mind. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. You're listening to ESPN Radio. You might be listening to us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or watching us in the ESPN app. We always appreciate that, too. Harry, we will start Good Take, Hot Take with our buddy Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on Get Up said this about Anthony Davis. We haven't seen a healthy Anthony Davis in, what, three or four years? Um, and, and you have to start asking yourself, if you're the front office, if you're Rob Palenka, can you trust AD and hand him the keys to the car? I understand. We all talk about how he's a generational talent, but health matters. And when I think about health and I think about handing the keys, durability. Can he be the number one number one option to take your team over the top? And we have to be honest with that question. We all expect him to be. We see it at times. But what was the biggest talk in the uh, postseason? Can AD put together back-to-back games consistently of being dominant? Ooh. What do you think, Harry? Good take or hot take? This is a good take. When I look at the Lakers organization – they are the premium when it comes to organizations in the National Basketball Association. So in saying that, they're basically like a Ferrari. Fitz, are you going to hand the keys to your personally owned, well-paid-for Ferrari to someone who wrecks all the time and is broke down? No, are you going to hand the keys to no, a person like no, that? No, I'm not. In fact, there you go. In, in fact, Harry, there was one time my buddy Gino, Milwaukee, we're all walking out of the, the Calderon Club, the restaurant he owns. It's my favorite restaurant in the country. Uh-oh. I think he had a Porsche. And he threw my buddy Tommy, that is just a terrible driver, the keys, and was like, hey, man, you can drive. And I looked at Gino, and I was like, A, you never should have done that. B, I'd have handed you the keys back, right? Like, I think at this point, AD should hand the keys back to the Lakers and be like, sorry, man, y'all can't trust my health. I just can't stay healthy. <laughs> like, I shouldn't I shouldn't be. Let, let, let somebody else drive. I'll just ride shotgun. I'm really good at riding shotgun. It's a good take by Kendrick Perkins. Also a good take. Never, like, Harry, when you're driving one of your fancy cars, you don't throw me those keys. You throw me the car, the keys to, like, the Hyundai that you're keeping. Like, that's, you, want, you, want, you want to know my motto? I always tell people when they when they ask to drive certain vehicles of that I own, right? I ask them if you wreck it, are you able to pay for it? 
And when they tell me no, I say, well, don't ask me to drive it. And you, if you ever needed a better indication that we are cut from the same cloth, my mom always taught me, don't borrow it if you can't pay to replace it. That yep. has been my entire life. That's been the motto. Man, I, like even in high school, when, when my friends will be like, oh, you can drive. I'm like, looking at the car. I'm like, no, no, not, not, not that one. I need like the hoopty back here. Like that one, that's under $1,000. I can drive that one. That's about it. All right, let's get good take, hot take going from Steve Kerr talking about the key to beating the the Nuggets is not stopping Jokic. It's actually stopping Murray. You know, you mentioned them starting love. Uh, that allowed Jimmy Butler to guard Murray. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, you know, I haven't talked to Spo or anything like that, but I can see them in their coaches meetings saying Murray's the head of the snake. If you just look at it, you go, well, Jokic is the head of the snake. But mm-hmm. when you play a team, you sort of realize, wait a second, he's going to dominate no matter what we do. So yeah. we got this is the head of the snake. And I think they just decided Murray's the guy we got to stop. So you start love put Jimmy Butler on Murray. And then you saw like they were blitzing Murray quite a bit and uh, really trying everything to take him out of the game. I said it yesterday and I'm going to say it with my chest today. We all know Nikola Jokic is going to do what he does regardless. So yes, I agree with this. If you can contain Jamal Murray and blitz him and send double teams at him and put your best defensive player on him, you have a better chance at beating the Denver Nuggets Versus just putting some slap on him and letting him go off for thirty plus. Uh, I love what you're saying. It's just so wrong. That's I mean, you know, I want I want you to be right, <laughs> but obviously, when you need hot basketball takes, you don't listen to Harry Douglas, who has a gym named after him, or Steve Kerr, who's won a championship here or there. You listen to five foot nine fiddle players like me. <laughs> I, I just I'm just saying, like at some point, the concept of if if I was going to tell you, knock on wood, sorry Nuggets fans, even put this into the universe. If we were going into Game Three and I said, oh my God, Game Three, somebody came down with the flu. Jamal Murray is not available. You'd be like, oh, well, Jokic is going to have to do more, but they can still win this game. If you went in and said, sorry, guys, no Jokic in the game, everybody's puckered up. I, I still think the snake and the snake head are all, uh, you know what? I'm scared of Jokic's snake. That's the real takeaway here. Uh, hey, hey, who has a gym name after them? Uh, your brother, Tony. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's... Everybody asking me why... Why is a football guy talking basketball? Because I can play damn basketball. That's why. He's got a gym named after him. All right. Freddie Coleman had this take on Patrick Mahomes winning a bunch of Super Bowls. They lost Tyreek Hill. I said, as long as they got number 15 in red, they're going to be fine. But when you're having to do that time and time and time and time and time and time again, and the league keeps getting better and better and better, and quarterbacks keep getting better, and our defensive schemes keep getting better, as great as a once-in-a-generation kind of quarterback, that Mahomes has turned out to be. It's still going to be very difficult when the AFC is going to keep getting loaded each and every year. Ooh. What do you think? This is, a, this is a good take because he said several more titles. I can see the Kansas City Chiefs winning one more title. Potentially maybe another one, but I, I think for sure they're going to win one more. Just winning multiples, especially with the AFC and what it's become with the quarterbacks that you got to go through. I don't see it being several. God, I hope you're right. You know, I really, I need this in my life. I need a little bit of hope. But at the same time, it should never have been harder than it was this year. This was supposed to be the year that everybody caught the Chiefs. And we saw how that went. I mean, they're, they're literally at the White House podium and uh, trying to keep Travis Kelsey from saying something dumb. Like, I, I just, I, I keep looking at it thinking, 
I'm done. I'm done betting against the Chiefs and Mahomes because all they ever do is make me lose money when I do that. I I agree with you that Burrow and Allen and Lamar Jackson are going to create a gauntlet that is virtually impossible to get through, but virtually impossible still leaves Patrick Mahomes a reason to make my Christmas day terrible when they just absolutely dismantle the Raiders on Christmas. Merry Christmas to me. All right, that's some good take, hot take. Uh, we will continue to break down everything you need to know about Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Lots to get into next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 